Welcome to the off-season. Welcome to the ALT Insider Podcast, dedicated to making you have the most fun possible while living or dreaming about living in Japan. Whether you've been here for years or are just starting to consider it, we've got you covered. And now, your host, broadcasting from somewhere in Japan, James. We have officially entered the ALT off-season since it is August and everyone is, not everyone, but people are, went back to the home country, no one's at school really. If you're an Aikawa teacher listening to this podcast, of course you are probably angry because you don't have summer vacation like ALTs do. But still, that's cool and you're checking out the podcast, cool. Um, this week I have a, not an ALT because I figured, hey, let's let's get through this ALT off-season with the, with the true off-season sense of not talking about ALT stuff as much. I have an Aikaiwa teacher, actually a kindergarten teacher, but he once was an Aikaiwa teacher. And he's also a YouTuber. His name is Jake, Jake Knowlton, and he has a new YouTube channel. Well, he rebranded his YouTube channel to Yumi Japan. And we talk about all the stuff of his path in Japan, why he got interested in Japan. The usual questions I ask everyone that comes on the podcast, if you've noticed so far. And uh, it's pretty interesting, so check it out. And be sure to check out his channel, because it, it, I've been watching his stuff for two years and does have a lot of interesting Japan stuff on there. Um, other news on the site. Um, so the the big reveal the big reveal is finally here. Alt resume. <laughs> I already messed it up. Alt Insider resume review is alive. Call it a, a soft launch for just the podcast listeners right now because I don't have a link or anything on the site yet. Besides the side banner, because I'm trying to kind of ease into it before we like let it go boom launch. I'm gonna have a few a series of articles and stuff about writing a resume in Japan, what kind of things employers are looking for, stuff like that. So I'm kind of waiting for that to do the full big launch. But for all you listening to the podcast now, hey, it's live. Check it out if you are interested in that. If you're not interested in that, please go check it out anyway. Let me know what you think. I spend a lot of time on it. ALT Insider, ResumeReview.com is alive, and it is the next the next thing for ALTinsider.com. So we'll see how it goes. Um, so for the show, but anyways, back to this podcast. For the show notes, page of this podcast go to altinsider.com forward slash podcast 72 and everything will be there um and that's pretty much it i wanted to say so please enjoy this interview with jake he's you know a lot of cool stuff we talked for almost 40 minutes about a lot of stuff in japan a lot of different topics are covered so hopefully there's something you find interesting in there so without further ado let's get to it here is jake enjoy okay guys today i have a very special guest he is you probably know him from youtube already i don't even need to say his name when you hear his voice you will recognize him his name is Jake. He just got back from the gym. He's all oiled up, I think. He's ready for this podcast interview. How you doing today, Jake? Hey, guys. Jay Nelson here. They're, that's what they're probably used to hearing if they've seen my videos before. There you go. <laughs> uh, but I feel like this podcast is actually perfectly timed, recording-wise, anyway, because yesterday I relaunched my channel. So now it's, hey, guys, Jake Nelson here from You, Me, Japan. There you go. So we'll, get, we'll definitely get into that, all the, the relaunch, the big relaunch. And all that stuff. But I like to start in your way, way past. Yep. Long time ago. I, well, maybe not that long ago. I don't know, actually. What got you first interested? Because now you're living in Japan. But when? what got you first interested in Japan, you know, whenever that was? How long ago that was? You know, I, I always say this. And this is going to be maybe kind of not exciting, but potentially exciting for some people is... I was never really that interested in Japan. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, I, I used to play video games that were Japanese. I used to watch Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! But when I was when I was a kid and I was engaged in those things, like my favorite video game of all time is called Shenmue on the Dreamcast. People 
probably know it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh! But I didn't really have any idea that those things were, like, Japanese because they'd obviously been dubbed in English and, I mean, in Pokeball, the Onigiri were turned into, uh, what was it, donuts or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything was changed, like sandwiches and stuff. So I was, to be honest, I was, like, no idea what Japan really was. And then, uh, to be honest, when I was, like, oh, God, 19 years old, uh, one of my university friends, she was from Singapore, and she just, I don't know, I don't know how this even came about, but she just um, said, there's this Japanese drama I've been watching called Boss, uh, which is really fun. You might like it. And I was just like, a Japanese drama? What the, what the hell do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and for those who don't know, Boss is like a police detective drama set in Tokyo. And it's like quite action packed and relatively high quality for a Japanese produced. Uh, that I don't <laughs> want to sound like offensive to Japanese TV. But <laughs> it's okay. Usually it's pretty low quality, but it was actually quite exciting and quite fun. And uh, I started playing a game called Yakuza 3 or Ryuga Kotoku in Japanese. And suddenly, at once i was just starting to see japanese stuff okay so at that time you were in college correct or yeah i was in my second year of university okay so you get you're getting more interested in japan you kind of find these kind of culture kind of things so what made you take the steps to say hey maybe i can go there or did you go there first or what made you think like hey how could i get over there uh well i started watching all this stuff and then I found a lot of J vloggers. I don't know. You've probably, you know them all already. If you yeah. if you if you watch if you watch me, you know them all. Uh, <laughs> I just started to find out all this information out about Japan, and then I saw that people were teaching English there as like a gap year, or not a gap year, but like a year after their degree, or just for a few years. And then I thought, oh, you know, I'll give that a try. I did some summers in London as an English teacher for like European kids. A lot of fun. And then my housemate in university actually went to Hiroshima for a year okay. as, a, as an Eikaiwa teacher and really, really enjoyed it. And I had to kind of live vicariously uh, <laughs> through his Facebook posts, which was kind of like not heartbreaking, but kind of like, I, I, I want to be there so bad and you got to go there before me, even though I was the one who told him I wanted to go to Japan first. <laughs> so did, were you going to do that teaching stuff like to get your resume ready or was that just because you had interest in teaching already? Yeah, I was, um, I, I'd done work experience in a primary school, like an elementary school before. Um, and my mum's always been a teacher and stuff like that. So I'd, I'd, I'd always had interest, but yeah, it was kind of like I felt like I should have some kind of experience before I go to Japan. Maybe that'll help. Okay, so let's go. Let's fast forward to now you're kind of, I guess you're done college. What kind of steps did you take to really get a job? Well, I went onto the internet. I found one job, not one job, actually. I only ever had two interviews. One was at Coco's um coco's juku and i have a super weird story about the interview process if you want to hear that yeah so, yeah come on let it fly so it was a skype interview which was good um but it was just an okay it was like a maybe 50 year old american guy sat in like a a loud office yeah and you had to do a, a demonstration lesson for yeah. seven-year-old kids which like i guess if you're gonna apply for a teaching job you need to show that you're I mean, your teaching skills obviously aren't going to be perfect because you're not a teacher yet. But I guess it's kind of, kind of trying to get the confidence out of you and seeing if you can think of you think on your feet, which I can kind of understand. Yeah. So I thought I was just going to demonstrate how I would teach the lesson, and then suddenly he pulls out these two puppets, 
and these two puppets represented the Japanese kids. Oh god. And he used voices. He <laughs> gave them names. And they weren't just voices like like my name is Jake or whatever. It was my name is Jake and stuff oh. like that. And this this was a company one of the biggest Aikaiwa companies in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> and then I didn't get that job, weirdly, despite <laughs> how much of a circus the interview was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't get that job. But then I found another job uh, at Peppy Kids Club, and the interview was actually in person. They had an office in London. Uh, went down to London. The, the, the women there were incredibly nice people. Um, it was just like I had to do a demonstration again, but in front of a real person. Okay. And that was really good. Had to do a quick test, just like a grammar test. Never got the results for that back. Could have got zero for all I know. But <laughs> yeah, it's pretty standard. Yeah. And then just like um, just like basic questions about what would you do in the classroom. So is there any reason you went for Akai instead of ALT stuff? Uh, well, actually, this is going to sound stupid, but I, I, you might know that I was really fat at one point. Okay. If you watch the old videos. Yeah, I, I used to my highest weight was 150 kilo. Okay. And one thing that I had a lot of trouble with was my clothes ripping and popping when I had to wear formal clothing. Okay. And a lot of ALTs have to wear suits. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of ridiculous, but I was so afraid to wear suits that in case the rip or sometimes my pants button would pop off while I was wearing a suit or my shirt because I used to be so so big okay and it, it sounds like a ridiculous reason but I was so paranoid about something like that happening whereas in, in an Aikaiwa at least every Aikaiwa job I mean the two Aikaiwa jobs I've ever done <laughs> yeah um I've been able to wear whatever I want so <laughs> okay so you mean that's being smart I guess you know find, yeah. find the job you want and the, the the stuff I did in England was kind of not really Aikaiwa style as Japan looks at it, but it was very conversational and stuff like that. So okay, so you got you got the you got the job, you got it sent over here, and did you get to choose where you got the where you got to go, or was it any like here you're oh, at the city? Well, they asked where I'd like to go, uh, and I think probably like eighty percent of people say Tokyo. Yeah, everyone does. Happy Kids Club don't actually have any schools in Central <laughs> Tokyo, so um, it's basically like as close to Tokyo as possible. But I don't think anybody really gets where they want. I had a friend who put Hokkaido, and he didn't even get that. So oh yeah, so I, I think yeah, they just throw away whatever you say. They just throw it away. Like all right, whatever's open, send them there. You know. Yeah, they just like try and I don't know, put people wherever there's a free space. Okay, so you get to Japan. What, what what's kind of walk us through your what are your thoughts in your first month of you finally got to Japan? What were you thinking? What were some of the hardships? Let us know. Uh, well, the first couple of weeks were really tough because Pepe's training is full on. It's two full weeks of like nine to five, even later than that, because you actually go and observe and teach lessons during your training and Aikaiwas are up until 9.45. So yeah. it's like really, really full on, but in a good way because you really feel comfortable at the end of it. Yeah, did they set you up, they set you up with apartment and stuff and all that? Yeah, yeah, they, they do, yeah. Okay, that's good. Uh, but for Pepe, everyone trains in Nagoya for two weeks and they have like company apartments which is staying with the other trainees. Is The training was actually a really, really good time and a really good start in Japan. At this point, so you you know, you just started, let's let's fast forward past the beginning two weeks, you finish your training, now you're an Aikawa teacher. What did you think of the, you know, job as an Aikawa teacher? You know, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's not for everyone. Uh, there's like, mine was a kid's Aikawa, 
Uh, and you really need to be patient with kids because kids are mental sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's it's quite difficult working until 10 p.m. Uh, yeah, that's true. Especially when you live in the countryside and there's no trains. So sometimes you finish at 9.45, but then your train isn't until 11. Uh, and you're not getting home until 12. Um, Did you have any kind of sales pressure like sometimes happens at Aikawa schools? Uh, like we had to do stuff like, for example, the term is April to April. So when it comes to February, March, we've got to do our best to promote, not promote so much, but if the kids have little brothers or sisters, then try and encourage them to come for a Taiken, which is like a, a practice lesson. Or do stuff like summer school promotion, get them excited for summer school. Not a ton of stuff. And to be honest, like it's like it's it's not difficult stuff to do. It's you just go out the side and go, Do you wanna try English? Look, we have a poster here, like Yatemiru and stuff like that. Do you wanna try? Um there was no I mean, the company wanted us to do it, but they're not breathing down your neck to do it. Oh, okay, so it wasn't like a high pressure situation at all. No, I know some companies like Eon make you stand outside with handkerchiefs. Not handkerchiefs, sorry. Like napkins. The tissues and stuff, yeah. T- yeah. Tissues, yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, and you got to stand there. Yeah, I, what, my experience was very much like high pressure, like you got to sell or you're out of here. Uh, but I was at I was at GEOS a long time ago. I've never even heard of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. They went bankrupt. So <laughs> anyways, um, let's, let's, you're not with the same company now, are you? Is that correct? No, I left that company in March. So let's go through that. What made you decide to leave? Uh, what, what you end up learning when you're in a, because Pepe's very big, there's like 400 native staff there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you learn from working at a company that's been going for 35 years or has 400 staff is that you really are just part of the machine mm-hmm. and not, and I mean, it's good to be part of the machine because it, I, I was responsible for my own classroom. I had like 400 kids a month. Um, and I felt good to be like with them. But there's a part where you just want to go up. You want to yeah. get a promotion. Or, and that's really not possible. It is possible in Pepe, but it's wholly dependent on if the senior quits. Um, so in Gunma, we had a PS, which is a... uh, performance supervisor and that person is kind of in charge of the prefecture and the only way anybody is going to get promoted is if well in my case it was a she if she decides she leaves Uh, okay so it's kind of like alt situation is pretty much the same i think it's i always call it it's not a glass ceiling it's kind of a concrete ceiling like there's there's no going up you're kind of stuck there so what did you what did you kind of do to you know okay i'm not happy with this situation what did you do after that well uh, well, if I just want, if I just talk a little bit more about uh, leaving, like yeah, yeah, basically my record, I was, n- I in two and a half years, I was never late, I never took a sick day. Um, I, Pepe has a, a newspaper for all the stuff, mm-hmm. um, and I was featured in that newspaper twice, whereas nobody in my co- prefecture was featured at all okay. in the two and a half years there. I had some of the biggest schools in the prefecture. And when I talked about wanting to quit, uh, my PS just said, okay, uh, we'll send you the form and just sign it and send it back. Uh, <laughs> there was absolutely no attempt to uh, keep me there. So even though you worked up this sparkling work record, they didn't, it didn't matter. 
Yep, I would make posters for my school that nobody else would do. I would cover on my days off. I would tra- I traveled to Kanagawa, I traveled to Saitama, I traveled to Nagano uh, to cover. Like, And you can say no to those things. But I did it. I switched my schools when people were sick to make it easier for other people to get there. I would teach at Pepe's other business in the morning sometimes. All because I kind of wanted to set a good example of what I wanted to be. And when she just said, okay, just sign this and you're free. Uh, I was kind of like, well, what about all the... I, I kind of felt like I wanted to be acknowledged. Yeah. I was just like, well, what about all the stuff that I did? Yeah. And it's just like, there are people in Pepe who are not great. Uh, there was a guy in my prefecture who was caught drunk inside a classroom who wasn't fired. Uh, and then you get things like this where you try your best, you do your best. Uh, They just don't care, basically. Uh, As long as you're teaching the lessons, then they really don't care about who you are or what you're doing. So here's the key question then, since I think just like most of the listeners are going to be LTs because the LT Insider Podcast. So So LT situation is pretty much the same. You know, you work as hard as you can. You know, you're obviously, there's not much of it. There's a concrete ceiling there. So, of course, your students get the benefit. I'm sure when you worked your ass off, you, your students had awesome classes. But there's no yeah. kind of career benefit for you. So, what, what did you, you know, would you do something differently if you could do it all over again? Would you not do those extra things? Would you not, you know, cover for those classes? You, uh, you know, working for Pepe's other business was really, really fun and eye-opening. Um, a lot of... Aikaiwa companies do have these side businesses and this particular one was a school for kids who had been bullied mm-hmm. or stuff like that and those kids they were troubled but they were so nice to be around uh, so I would never have changed that I maybe would have not covered on my days off yeah uh, because you really don't because what Aikaiwas do is if you cover on a day off you'll get an extra holiday but okay. you don't choose when that holiday is. Uh, so they could say like, okay, it's February 2nd, that's take it or leave it? Yeah, they, they it's not even take it or leave it, it's, it's February 2nd. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so you kind of like, and I would cover on like a Saturday, which is like the perfect day to take a day off. Yeah. And they'll give me a Wednesday off instead. I was like, what am I going to do with a Wednesday? Everybody else is working. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the kind of lesson we can learn is, you know, I'm sure your class were still awesome, right? You know, oh, so yeah. That yeah. stuff you didn't, I mean, that stuff is worth it. But like, think about, you really got to think if you're like uh, Jake was, that extra stuff, think about, are you doing it for, you know, you or are you doing it for the company? Because if you're doing it for the company, you might not get back what you expect, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like like I said before, th- th- it's been around for 30 years. They have 400 staff. You're not going to shake up this company. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, you know, they got a machine going, they know how it works and that's what that's how it's going to be. So, all right, let's get to so that you you know, you send the resignation, then what happens? Uh, I immediately panic. <laughs> oh, so you didn't have a backup plan? No no safety net here. Actually, I did. Um, well, cuz with um Pepe, they give you a 3 months window. So if I give in, actually, I had four months. I give in my resignation in December and I left in March. Okay. So I had plenty of time and I already had my new job secured. Actually, I got my job offer on Christmas Day, which is pretty cool. Okay. So this was, this job, what kind of job was it? Uh, This is a kindergarten job. uh, You're still doing it now? Oh, yeah. That's what I'm still doing now. Yeah. 
Okay, so let's talk about kind of the, you know, what, let's say what was harder, what's the good points, what's the bad points, how, what's the differences of kindergarten and Aikai with kids? So Aikaiwa is very strict, not strict, but they have what they want you to teach and you're allowed to, at Pepe anyway, you're allowed to adapt that lesson how you like, but you have to teach that material. Okay. And it's like one hour lessons uh, until 10 o'clock, obviously. Uh, whereas in a kindergarten, the main difference is, it, obviously, it's in the morning because it's a kindergarten. Kids yeah. kids usually go home at one thirty, two o'clock in a kindergarten. So um, it's for me, when I go to a kindergarten, it's you have to teach every class in a grade. So if I have a Nencho, which is like the third grade of kindergarten, you have to teach all those classes in a two-hour window. So it'll be 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes. So it's got to be fast. It's got to be snappy. It's got to be full of content, and it's got to be fun. Uh, okay, that's. I mean, for some in some ways, that sounds like it would be easier. I guess the planning would be tougher, though. The planning is kind of harder because you have to make sure it's fit. Uh, it fits perfectly. Yeah. It's easier in that you teach the same thing six times over, but it's very, very, very tiring. <laughs> <laughs> and it's you know like in the ALT thing when you have like five classes, let's say the same class, yeah. is, the, is the sixth period always the best one? Ah, uh, yeah. I, I the last one is the, the I think the first and the last are the best, but because <laughs> they're twenty minutes, it just goes so fast. So how about like um, let's talk about schedule. Like you had to, you know say kindergarten, I know it ends at two o'clock or whatever. Do you have to stay to a certain time, or is that just that you get to go, or how does it work? Well, it. it it completely depends. So my kindergarten job is unique in that they don't just teach the kindergarten in the morning. Well, we're in the kindergartens all day, but the kids can pay. Well, I guess the mums of the kids can pay <laughs> extra to do like kind of a Kiowa style classes in the afternoon. OK, so it's kind of like um, we do the fast paced kindergarten in the morning, which is like the main money maker for the company. And then you get the kind of the rich kids in the afternoons. Yeah, uh, I mean the kindergarten, the the because the schools pay so much for our English lessons, the parents obviously have to pay to go to the kindergarten. So it's very like competitive stuff. Uh, okay. So it's 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 kind of like the way, especially in like this shrinking population. Yeah, definitely. Kindergartens so, really have to snap up kids, so they have to like properly push it out there. So do you would you say you're in kind of a? I know there's kind of different levels. There's kind of international school, which is kind of the top level. We're talking the most expensive. There's kind of the medium level and there's kind of the public kindergarten. So where would you say you fall on that kind of scale? It's definitely medium, yeah. Okay, so, that's, so you're kind of not with the richest of the rich that are, you know, this guy speaks British English, I want American English, that kind of level, but, you know. It's the, like middle class, yeah. The parents are still pretty cool or do they have any problems with parents or? Oh, no, I, I, I haven't. I've got one problem parent um, who's, he's, I don't know. I don't want to talk too much about my work. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. He, he's not a nice person. He's fine to me. He's just not nice to his kid. Ah, okay. So that's, yeah, there's going to be situations like that. But okay. yeah, yeah. so important question. You don't get, obviously don't get specific, but you had an Akira job with a big company. Now you're working in the kindergarten. Let's talk about pay a little bit. Is one bigger than the other? Is they both kind of comparable? How would that work? One is relatively, uh, uh, no, actually that's the wrong word. One is much bigger than the other. Not much bigger. It's it's a it's substantially. I don't even. That, that's even a bit. That's even more of an extreme word. It's bigger. It's bigger. <laughs> kindergarten. Kindergarten. Let's say kindergarten is better than a Kaiwa. Yes. In, in your situation, every situation is different. Remember that, please. Yes. And so let's go. One last question about teaching stuff. You know, the, a lot of people just got to Japan. There's a big month in the jet calendar. 
you know, some people, when they first get to Japan, they have a tough time. Some people get to Japan, they have like a simple time. It's so easy to meet all the friends all the time. How did, did you, were you in the, you know, easy to make friends side of things or were you, was it, were you lonely? How did that work when you first got to Japan? Uh, it was, I was, I was, I had a lot of friends, but I also felt a little bit lonely. I actually made a video about this last week called Loneliness in Japan. I'll link it up. Uh, it's, um, basically what happened because I'm in the countryside and I'm like the only foreigner, I ended up going on a lot of dates in my first three or four months. And okay. by a lot of dates, I mean like almost every day. <laughs> okay. That had to hurt the wallet though. That did hurt the wallet. And that's, uh, <laughs> that's why it had to slow down a lot. Because uh, especially in your first couple of months, you are not raking in a lot of money. Yeah, definitely. So how did you get these? Because, you know, some guys are going to be interested. Not me, of course. I'm married. But some guys don't want to know how you get all these dates. Well, the first girl I dated here was the girl that sold me my phone at SoftBank. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was like, uh, I don't know, we saw it out the contract. And then I said... Uh, if I've got any problems, because she could speak a little English. It's like, if I've got any problems, I'm not going to be able to talk to SoftBank because I can't speak Japanese yet. Uh, can I get your number instead? And that worked amazingly. Yeah, yeah. So how how was your Japanese level? We haven't talked about that. How was your Japanese level when you got to Japan? How is it now? I didn't actually, I didn't really start studying Japanese until a few months before it came. But because I'd just come out of university, I was in such a mindset because I had so many tests and so many... Uh, like essays and stuff is I was I was just able to absorb so much and in my first like 12 months I passed N5, N4 and N3. Oh nice. Uh, and I've taken N2 but I've not I'm still waiting for the result but conversationally I'm pretty good. My readings like I can read, watch TV, I can't discuss politics or anything like that. I can't really do that in English either. So you find that's a, yeah, that's kind of a big jump, right? Like to like the daily, like, hey, how's it going? Cool. I'm going to this, you know, going to the concert this weekend. Cool. And then like talking about specific topics, a big jump, I find, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's if you live in the country, it's it's been difficult in Tokyo actually to maintain. What my job is actually the thing that's helped me maintain my um. Flu not fluency, but my level, which is weird because I'm an English teacher. But <laughs> when you work in the kindergarten, you're surrounded by Japanese staff who can't speak English. Parents can't speak English. Kids can barely speak Japanese because they're four year old. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. You find like it's talking to kindergarten to talking to young kids like that is really good for your Japanese. I mean, I don't know if it's good. I don't think you're gonna improve, but it does give you a chance to talk and they use simple Japanese. You know, so it's always you can kind of follow it easier. You know. Yeah, one thing I've become really good at is disciplining kids in Japanese. <laughs> so, are you expected to discipline the student? Are you, you know, hardcore discipline, or how are you supposed to handle that when a kid just goes crazy in your class? It, it's all dependent on, like, in the morning classes, the Japanese staff will be there as well. It depends on how on point she is, and like I say, she because like ninety nine percent of kindergarten teachers are women. Yeah. Um, but it depends because some of them just leave the room and come back. <laughs> the lesson but some of them will stay yeah that's the same situation as alt thing yeah at the end when we have the extra classes it's it's all me by myself and that's when i have to be a bit stricter like i have to control bathroom times and but the kids are generally better behaved because they're in their school and um the best thing about working maybe you can use this as an alt as well as like if a kid messes up and you're in their school you can say like oh encho sensei kudio 
Uh, okay. Like yeah. The principal will the the principal's coming and they'll be like, no, no, no. <laughs> you bring down the hammer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it only works for younger kids. Like high school kids are like, oh, whatever. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's get um. We talked. To, we're almost thirty minutes in. We have you haven't talked about your YouTube stuff. Let's get into that a little bit. So let's say you know you new you branding yourself. You me Japan. Um, wait, yeah, you me Japan, correct? Yes. Okay, you me Japan. Why don't you tell a little bit? If I don't know any, what that is, tell me what it, what is, what is that about? So when I um, first started YouTube, I did a lot of collaborations, not just with other YouTubers. I was meeting people on the street. Uh, my friends who aren't interested in YouTube, like Japanese people that I would meet who study English. And I would just basically ask them what they're doing, why they're doing it, what they hope to achieve. And those videos um, tend to do the best, as in like people are really interested. And what I found, especially when I like interviewed people who were like studying English, is that there was so much support, like saying, oh, Gambate, Yoshiko, or... Like I had a video with like some high school girls and they were like, like, please do your best, like keep studying hard and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it was just really interesting because like there are thousands and thousands of foreigners in Japan, but no two people have the same experience. Um, exactly. Yeah. Like two people might come here for the same reason, but then very, very quickly they'll branch out into different lives here. So it's really good to just like ask people and talk to people about just their life because it'll help build some perspective on your life too. And I hope through making those videos, which I'm going to start doing from now and like people watching them, I hope they can kind of get an understanding into different people, people's dreams, goals. Yeah. I think it's really interesting to see, learn about people's path in Japan, you know, cause everyone kind of goes through all this crazy, you know, all these different job careers and stuff. People start as one thing, finish something else. Yeah. What What are your future plans? Are you going to keep doing the kindergarten thing or how's it going to work? What do you, have you thought about how long you expect to be in Japan or how's your future looking? I, I've, I've got no plan to go back as of right now. Okay. Um, I'm only 20. Well, I say I'm only 25, but that's like, I came to Japan when I was 22. So I feel quite old now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I like the kindergarten job. I'm just worried about how, how long I can do it in terms of like the energy and is there kind of the same ceiling in this kind of job or is there room to move up or it it depends my company is still very very small okay so right now i'm doing a lot of stuff Uh, i'd only been working there three months and i got asked to do a speech for the whole company at a seminar oh wow that's uh and i've already made training videos stuff and stuff like that for the company so it's all about what you put into it really a lot of people are happy to just do their job go home wake up do their job go home but i get bored very easily and i get fidgety so i like to try and do as much as i can like today i just decided to go to the office after my lesson and try and redesign the summer lesson plans oh wow so so it's like there's there's definitely chance in this company to grow because we're still a growing company as opposed to Pepe where they're trying their best to maintain. Yeah. We're trying to spread out and I hope I can contribute to that. Yeah, that's guess we should say like if your goal is to come to Japan for one year and just leave after that, doing what you're supposed to do in your job and that's it is totally cool. Yeah. But if yeah. you want to stay for a long time like Jake is, like like I did, you definitely have to work a little harder, right? And that's, I think that's important to know too. But, um, all right, so let's go back to YouTube. So what made you start doing YouTube in the first place? I mean, it's not, not, not everyone has the personality just to like put a camera in their face and start talking. So what made you kind of start to do that? 
I've always been like big into talking. Like um, I used to do performing arts in school. I was in a steel band, if anyone knows what that even is, for five years. So I've always been quite confident being in front of people. And I used to just watch a lot of YouTube. And there was a, a lady, Japanese lady, who's been living in Canada for a very long time called Comical Reina. I'm not sure who anyone knows who she is now because she doesn't really do YouTube anymore. Uh, but we used to be good friends and she used to do live shows on YouTube every week. And then she used to invite me to be on them. I just enjoyed talking to people, making friends. And she said, why don't you just start your own uh, channel? And I was like, I'm not sure anybody would really watch. And But she was like, no, you should do it. And I recorded my first video using a PlayStation Vita. Okay, uh, wow. <laughs> and it was terrible quality. My accent is so much different now because I'm from Manchester and it's got quite a thick accent, but I've managed to make my sounds, my, myself sound somewhat normal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to definitely link that in the show notes page, the first one ever. Um, yeah, the first one. It's so embarrassing looking at it back because it's, it's a time where I'm still losing weight. I was, I think I was like 100. 25 kilos at that point uh but yes yeah, it's, it's it's funny to look back on it but i was gonna say how did, how did you find like when you got to japan did you lose weight or gain weight or did you say the same how did that work because for me I, I gained weight when i first got to japan uh i so i lost about 30 kilos before i came to japan like immediately before i came to japan and then in the first couple of weeks i think uh, the first couple of months i gained but then i joined the gym and then I went to the gym every day. Okay. And then lost, I think I lost about 10 kilos. And then it was summer. And if anybody knows anything about summer in Japan. Yeah, it's not good. It is not good. And <laughs> I think I kept going to the gym and I kept running during the summer. And then I lost another 10 kilos. But then in the winter, um, we have a lovely thing in Japan called the Tabihodai. <laughs> yeah and i think i put on 10 kilos in one winter so yeah that happens that happened to me too um so how did you handle that this is a very important question people out there they don't want to ask this question this is kind of stuff you can only find on this podcast you know for me i did the i did the move of bringing extra clothes and then when i got to school changing into those clothes my because of the clothes i wore to the work were too wet and nasty how did you handle that kind of sweat situation in the summer like we're in right now yeah i did the same thing take an extra set of clothes bring Gatsby body wipes, uh, deodorant, go into the toilet. Because we had toilets in our classroom and I was able to change there with no one around. So, um, like, take all my clothes off. Not all, well, no, not all my clothes. <laughs> yeah. Christ. Take my shirt off, like, dab myself down with these amazing Gatsby body wipes, uh, deodorant, dry myself off with a towel, put a new T-shirt on, walk out to a... An amazingly air-conditioned room. <laughs> there you go. All right, so let's go back to YouTube. All right, so who who uh, do you who do you join YouTube these days? Uh, who anyone you're watching in particular besides the let's say the main guys? You know, like everyone knows Hikio Simon. I think everyone knows Give Me a Break Man. Anyone else you're watching? Kind of let's say mid tier or low tier. My favorite YouTuber is a guy called Charlie no Seikatsu. Uh, okay. He lives in Fukui Prefecture, and I I kind of see like I think we're both two sides of the same coin. Uh, we both we both worked for Ikaiwas. We both really put like effort into it, and um, you want to have him on your podcast at some point as well because he's been able to succeed in getting higher in an Ikaiwa position. Oh, cool! Um, yeah, we both exercise a lot. We both run a lot, um, but we both like I don't know. We both want to try to inspire people. 
That's cool. a lot of a, a lot of people will try and like share the shit a lot uh, just to like I don't know it's kind of it's good for getting views but I kind of want to have a good message in my videos and Charlie does the same kind of thing and that I think that's what I really like I I, I like people being happy and I like seeing people trying to make other people happy so yeah, I think that's one thing it's very I mean it's, it's you can you see in your channel that you don't care about you stay away from drama you know and you just kind of you're really open on the camera I think that's what makes your channel cool and different than some others not naming mm. anyone's but i've been involved in a bit of drama but even when i was involved in the drama i was trying to put out a good message of always being nice to people make sure people trust you if you ever got a problem make sure you contact your friends and mm. all right jake so we had you on here almost 40 minutes you shared a lot of good stuff but you know what give us one kind of piece of advice any kind of topic anyone that's interested in japan what kind of advice would you give them any topic is fine this is something i've had a lot of questions about um, especially when I left my Aikaiwa job. And that's kind of like um, advice for the interview uh, mm-hmm. because obviously it's a completely different type of job to what most people have done. Uh, and there's one question that people have had during the interview that have come back to me about. And I want to kind of, I want to give you the answer, but I want to tell you why it's the answer. Okay. Because people have just asked me how to answer it. And it's, if you're teaching a group of kids and a kid runs out the room, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, because in an Aikaiwa, it's like a business. You, you don't run out of the classroom and then you're in the schoolyard. You run out of the classroom and you're in the street. Yeah. Uh, this is gonna. This answer is gonna surprise people, and um, you'll be able. You'll very quickly understand why why it makes sense. If you have a group of six year olds and one kid runs out of a classroom. Uh, you let him go. You yeah. don't. You don't chase that kid out of the classroom, uh, because if you chase that kid out of the classroom, you have got seven or eight other six-year-olds in the classroom by themselves. If you chase a kid down the street, and then there's other six kids <laughs> decides to walk out of the door, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, those kids could start messing with the TV. They could start climbing onto tables. Uh, they could start like running outside themselves. They could like play with scissors. It sounds ridiculous, but if you do take your eye off a kid, he will, he or she will do whatever they want. So how would you, so you said don't, the answer is not chase the kid, but how would you answer the question and say, okay, Jake, uh, I'm reading a resume here. What do you do if a, if a six-year-old runs out of a class of, you know, seven other six-year-olds? What do you do? You get the phone and you call your head office. There you go. You call your head office and you say, a kid has run out of the classroom. Call their parents now. And you you stay with your kids. You do not leave your kids. Uh, you keep your eye on the door. You make sure the door is unlocked so the kid can come back. Uh, actually, the kid will knock. So you can probably lock it again anyway. Um, always keep your... If you're in an Aikaiwa and your door locks, lock it. Uh, because, again, kids will get out if they can I've had kids try and fiddle with the door and I, I always keep it locked. But I, And when I've talked to people about the answer, they say like, oh, you could just run out of the classroom, lock the door and then chase the kid. Uh, if, if, if you know how locks usually work, they usually open from the inside. It's not a prison. you know. Yeah, yeah. They, can, <laughs> they, know, they know how to open doors. Um, if a cat can turn a door handle, a kid can open a lock. Uh, so you just let the kid run. The kid, the kid's not going to just run into the, I mean, there's probably situations where a kid has run into the street, but chances are the kid's going to run outside 
probably feel a little bit scared and come back. Yeah. Uh, but you do not leave that classroom. That's something that I've had a few questions about. Uh, there you go. So if you have a question, that question comes up, you can t- remember what Jake said. Do not leave the kid. Call your head of office and you will definitely get the job. And the key the key with working in an Akira is oh, if you have a problem, always call. If you're going to be late, always call. If you think you're going to be sick, always call. Because if you leave it to the last minute and something goes wrong, the first thing they will ask you is, why didn't you call? Yeah, that, that goes with the LT stuff too. You know, just, yeah. they, they want to know, especially because, you know, sometimes you work away from your boss, where your boss head office is or whatever. Yeah. They want to be transparency and all that stuff. So, all right, Jake. So thanks for your knowledge today. You shared a lot of stuff and be sure to check out his YouTube. I'm going to link it in the show notes page. He just relaunched. He's going to have some cool people on there. You have, have any lined up, anyone lined up for your, you know, your kind of, what's it called? Maiden voyage of the new, you know, relaunch or? Uh, yeah, I've got some. I've got some things lined up. Uh, got some. It's kind of stuff people have seen before. Topics that is maybe like people going to university in Japan, being a foreigner in Japan. Like not, I mean, being a foreigner that isn't like American English speaking country. Yeah, yeah. It's stuff, but I feel like the landscape of Japan is always changing. Yeah, definitely. So it's good to get people who are new to it or have just gone through it. Um, so. Um, luckily I've got a lot of great friends who are willing to help me with this and yeah if you're ever in Tokyo I'd like to have you on there as well yeah I definitely have to gotta be the LT Insider side of things so <laughs> alright Jake so uh, you know I'll uh, you know keep watching your stuff on YouTube it's always entertaining for me I've been watching for you know more than two years now probably I found you probably two years ago so thanks for that and keep keep it up thank you for all that YouTube money <laughs> <laughs> yeah alright so have a good night Jake thank you you too thanks for having me Thanks for listening to the ALT Insider Podcast. For more info on how you can have more fun working in Japan, visit ALTinsider.com. See you next time. Hey guys, Jane Olson here once again. 